What's the worst real life uh, interaction or event that you wouldn't want to be decided by a dice roll? Oh, oh God. Oh. Oh. I mean, proposal uh, would be pretty brutal, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if, like, your other half told you what your saving throw was beforehand. That would be just as brutal. <laughs> it's like, I do like you, but this is a five plus. Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Season 2, Episode 25. I'm going to say 25, might be 26. I should really sync that up. This is Rock Paper Shotguns, <laughs> PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And this week we're talking all things Baldur's Gate, because it's, it's out now, the 1.0. It's out. At least two of us have been playing it, uh, and we've solicited questions from you, the listener, via the Discord. And we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be great. But before all that, uh, let's say hello to James Archer. Hello. Hello, James. Hello. And Hamster Barbarian. It's-a me, Hamster Barbarian. Go for the ice. It's-a me. <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't seem like one of your, your most tightly scripted creations, Nate. <laughs> Yeah, the voice actually also sounded exactly like the insurance meerkat, so I think I'll leave that one on the cutting room floor. Is it a barbarian that is a hamster, or is it a barbarian that's hamster-themed? Oh, he's got a hamster. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's the one off Baldur's Gate. Oh, God, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm legally distinct from Minx in Baldur's Gate too. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, how are you both? Nate, what have you been up to? You've, you've always been up to something. Uh, it's it's summer now, experiencing Tally's first summer holiday. Um, Ooh. That's quite nice. Been touching grass a fair bit. Um, yeah. Uh, doing a bit more Dave the Diver. Um, generally living well. Very good. I'm having some empanadas later. Oh, any sort of strange meat in them? You're usually cooking some sort of animal that man should not cook or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they're filled with live snakes. Um, no, no, one of them has uh, Dolce de Leche and banana. Um, but I'll save talking Ooh. about that because it's my recommendation for today. Ooh. Oh, very good. Lovely. James, how are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. This is actually the first podcast recording in maybe a month where I'm not suffering any physical ailments. <laughs> Actually, I'm sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my hearing is restored. My my cough is gone. I'm still a bit tired, but that's just status quo at this point. So yeah, can't complain. Oh yeah. Who whom's among us isn't tired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> at our age. Me too, I think. Are we are we a clean bill of health this week? God, look Blimey. at us. We're like the bloody Avengers. <laughs> Bagsy Hulk. Imagine if like in the first Avengers film, it was just us. You know, that shot, the trailer shot where it's them in a circle. It's not the Avengers, just literally us. Just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> Going all bloody, oh shit. I'm badly painted green. James has yeah. got a red bin on his head. <laughs> Who you're do you like, want to be? Green, like, I don't want to force you, know you to when... be Black Widow as the only girl. Yeah, I have to be, I don't know. No, I'll be... I'll be. Captain Ireland. <laughs> Captain Ireland? Yeah. Yes. Captain Re Republic of Ireland. <laughs> Captain Republic of Ireland would be a sick character. <laughs> and it would be just like the the Marvel movies to have Captain Republic of Ireland played by an English woman. So. <laughs> yeah, it's traditional. Uh, no, that would be good. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I was when I, first time I went 
to New York, uh, I got a shuttle bus from the airport, as one does. And the guy, bless him, he was really the driver. He was really nice. He was like pointing out stuff. And then we got to that bridge in front of the the train station that yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But that bit where that is filmed. And it was like six months after the Avengers movie had come out. And he was like, uh, you might uh, have seen that in uh, films like <laughs> I Am Legend. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, all right, good. Well, we're all good. That's great. That's really good. I'm glad that we're, we're feeling good. It's a positive week. Good. good energy. Yeah. Motivated. Really motivated. It would be giving us a plus two to our podcast checks. <laughs> good. So I'm laughing at myself there. That was a terrible segue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it got us there. Did the job. This week, we are talking about Baldur's Gate, which as you are listening to this, this podcast is scheduled at four o'clock on a Thursday. And I think that is the embargo for talking about Baldur's Gate. So there you go. We're bang on. Ooh, that's, da- we're, that's dangerous. We're, we're current this as fuck. This is fully up to, up to the minute reporting. That's like yeah. scheduling <laughs> a child's birthday party like to begin one minute after a chimp riot finishes. <laughs> you know, you don't uh, want to get I mean, that timing wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a children's birthday party and a chimp riot will find some common ground. <laughs> it's true, actually. There's an ideological unity of nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Critical support for the rising <laughs> chimps. Uh, so, myself and James have been playing the review build of Baldur's Gate 3. Um, we are currently, with bated breath, waiting to see if the... Because every time they've done an update in the early access... Uh, your save is wiped and you have to start again. And there's going to be one more update before launch and we're all, everyone at RPS is just really hoping that our saves don't get wiped. <laughs> uh, which they should not be. I believe this is all, it's all gravy. Uh, James? Yeah? How much have, have you played uh, so far? So I, I've probably played a lot less uh, than the rest of the gang. Um, Fair. Because the nature of my job means that uh, Steam says I've played like seven hours, but the bulk of that would have just been like running around the same patch of dirt <laughs> for like forty <laughs> times to benchmark it. Are you hard role playing think- like a, a dirt circle marathon? Runner? <laughs> 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 just training the Eddie Izzard of the Bold Escape World. I I probably I probably be better than that than being an actual adventurer because this is not the kind of thing I'd normally play like at all. Oh really? Um, yeah, no. Um, I so I haven't immediately bounced off it, but I am struggling a bit to fully get into it. Um, mm. obviously, like I I haven't just been um. Running, running in circles on a beach. Um, I've done like maybe, maybe something between like two and two and a half hours of properly playing it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's just, it's a lot to take in if you've never played a this very specific type yeah. of RPG and b a Baldur's Gate game specifically. <laughs> um, That's really interesting. So- yeah. Yeah. So, in in, in fairness, um, oh, this, this I, I can I can sort of be useful here. I can be like the the perspective of the new guy. Mm. Uh, so the tu- well, the tutorials, like the absolute basics, are pretty good if you turn them on. Um, even if there are a lot of them delivered very quickly, one after the other, uh, it does assume the player has a lot of knowledge. I think about the world and the law of Baldur's Gate. Mm. Um, like there's a bit early on when. One of the companions, um, who I think can also be a player character, um, one of the companions who has clearly been hiding something for the past two hours, been acting super <laughs> skeevy, is like, yeah. fine, I admit it, I worship Shah. And your other companion, and potentially you, can both be like, oh my god, ew, you worship Shah? What the fuck? And then there's just me on my phone typing, Baldur's Gate, wiki, 
Shah. <laughs> like, is, is, is Shah's religion kind of chill, or has she just told me she's a member of the fantasy Taliban? I don't know. Um, it's like how Keir well, Starmer <laughs> makes all his decisions. <laughs> Satire. <laughs> Uh, I suppose we should say, if you are unaware, dear listener, Baldur's Gate 3 is, uh, as the title implies, is a sequel to Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. It is an official Dungeons and Dragons game. It's Forgotten Realms setting, game. isn't it? Yeah, Forgotten Realms. Uh, you're cutting about Faerun. You are, uh, you, you know, there are owl bears. There are, there's all that. It's all Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's a, quite an intense, in terms of the combat, uh, quite an intense CRPG and it uses, uh, if you've played Larian Studios game before uses a lot of the same mechanics that they had in, for example, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 where you know you have status effects you can cover the ground in oil and set it on fire, you can push someone off the side of cliffs to get rid of them before a fight you can push them into fire you can throw <laughs> stuff you can throw anything. You can there's a an improvised weapon kind of ability. You can throw your shoes as a weapon. There's oil. There's oil. There's mud. There's grease. There is a spell that the icon of which is a little pig that is just like cover the ground in grease. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so there is all that uh, going on. So if you have never played a CRPG, because even if you, like me, are like, oh, I love Dragon Age Inquisition, this is a lot more intense than that um, in terms of the combat anyway. But it's been an, it's a very successful early access period for quite a while, a couple of years now, I think. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it's now hitting 1.0. was originally going to come out a month from now, but they moved it. Uh, my intuition would be they moved it to avoid Starfield. So it's coming out today. There you go. Um, so, Nate, do you have questions for us? Yeah, have you First guys encountered the boneless sergeant yet? Uh, <laughs> I think that's something that Nate's making up. No, I got to him last night. He's fucking horrible. Yeah, there's no way I can convincingly <laughs> pretend to have played it. Um, yeah, the boneless sergeant. <laughs> well, that's 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 almost Tobias Beckford levels of bullshit. Um, Just a flesh puddle <laughs> with a little that's a little tin helmet. Yeah, I need that's you to a, find my bones. That's a Doctor Who ass level person, isn't it? Uh, what's the best? Um, what's the best companion you've encountered so far for your party? Oh, well, so... Are there, uh, is there anyone can... as memorable as Hamster Barbarian? I think that depends um, on who you ask. Uh, you have a, a motley crew. The, uh, the setting is that you have woken up on a uh, Mind Flayer ship. They're the Squidmen, all... aren't they? Yeah, the squid, squid lads. Uh, you've woken up on Nautiloid and it crashes and you um, and all the companions, in fact, were on the ship. Uh, you don't die in the crash, but you all have a little worm, a little mind flare worm in your brain that will or should turn you into a mind flare and has not yet. So you're overarching. You're like, we need to get these worms out of there. So you in the um, Underdark where the squid men live or, or were they voyaging elsewhere? Uh, I don't know if the are the squidmen from the Underdark. I don't know. No, but you, we are in the over the okay. overland. Um, we're trying to sort of get to Baldur's Gate, and you amble around the sort of first area and find a lot of your your crew. So there's you can play as any one of them if you want, or you can start your own character. I would say start your own character. But um, my favorite, I don't know, because they're all like they've all got you know secrets and stories and stuff uh there's a smug uh oversex public schoolboy wizard called gail who's got like a bomb in him <laughs> I, um, I i both like and hate him because i kind of yeah i, I like how interesting his gimmick is um, yeah but he <laughs> you, he eats magic stuff out of your inventory <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I don't I don't like how he eats all the magic stuff in my inventory. <laughs> 
What? He will just consume items? No, he like he he uh, he begs you for it. He's like, yeah. Get, oh, I'm get, getting a bit hungry. You got any uh, got any enchanted boots? Surely <laughs> that's a great way of getting rid of like kit that you've just replaced with a better version, though, right? <laughs> just feed it to Gale. Yeah, I mean, it. He doesn't. You can't just whenever you like go up to him. Sometimes it'll be like, I don't need one yet. Gee, Jesus, come oh, on. Oh, okay. Um, and also, I would say he there isn't a cut scene whenever you give him some magic boots of him snuffing them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping you should yeah, get like a, just you like... get like a yakuza like mini cut scene where he's kind of like gobbling it, but the item <laughs> is just out of shot. So you... <laughs> yeah. Or he just no, unhinges his jaw really, really unpleasantly and swallows it whole <laughs> in a very, very crudely yeah. done animation. <laughs> I would much, I would much prefer that, but no, it's more like a magical absorption uh, deal. But eating it, it's paints a, paints a, an accurate picture because it's that you don't have it anymore. That's it. Um, he, I, yeah, I like like James. I really like his story gimmick. I think it's very good, but. He and he himself is quite charming, I suppose, but he's he's a bit annoying. The most annoying one is the for me, I think, the woman that you mentioned. Oh, Shadowheart. Um Shadowheart, who's just a cleric who's I have her in my party because she's quite a good healer. But she's really annoying. She's always fucking whinging. She's always moaning about something. Who's the Chewbacca? Like who's your monster man? There are a couple of monster, but they're monster women. Excellent. 2023, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, tell me of the monsters. So there's uh, Lazelle, who's a Githyanki. Um, so she's a, a kind of lizardy person with no nose. Oh, they're great. Um, and they're, yeah, they're cool. They're, and she's very like, she gets real horny after you slaughter a load of goblins. Because um, <laughs> she's all about like strength and, you know, uh, being ruthless and and what have you um and uh she's so she's got quite a good backstory thing as well because she's insistent if you find other githyanki they will help cleanse the worms out of your head and that's obviously not the case um and there is uh i want to say her name is carlath um she is a big demon lady she's a tiefling and she's a barbarian I think you'd like her, Nate. She's very cool. Devil. And, and Devil she's a, yeah. Yes, and she's 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 a big she's a big strong lady. Sounds and like a great heart, time. Her heart is an infernal engine, and if she gets too excited in any way, uh, she gets really hot. Well, she's got like she's a too, an actual machine as a heart. Yeah, an infernal engine. So her thing is like getting her a proper heart so that she can touch people. She's literally too hot to handle. Oh so if God. you romance her, it's just it's just a lot of like dirty talk. By the <laughs> yeah, it's good so breaks. That. Yeah, and then you've you've yeah. So that's you've got a few people. There's the the one who's sort of been almost the face of the game is a, a white haired um, rogue vampire called Astarian. Um, he was oh. also a bit of a smug oversight schoolboy vibe, but he's cool. I remember you and Matthew talking about him when you first playing the early access version. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who have you? What character have you? Are you playing, James? Uh, I, if I'm honest, I just chose like, the uh, the pre age <laughs> warlock chap. Fair. Uh, we win or will 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 will. Will with a Y, uh, what, yeah. Wild. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, he doesn't see. He doesn't seem very interesting, if I'm honest. He's he's all right. He's he does have a little. He I don't want to spoil it, but he he has a thing as well. Um, he's quite good. Um, and it, what other questions do you have, Nate? Oh, we pets. also have questions. Yes. Um, if you are a druid, you can turn into an aminal, and if you are certain classes, you can take the ability to summon an animal as well. So I am a beast master ranger. I essentially recreated my actual real life Dungeons and Dragons character, 
Um, and uh, lower levels, you can summon like a small rat or a frog or a spider. And then as you get bigger, great, uh, like level up. And the level cap is 12. I'm currently level six. Um, and I'm able to summon a brown bear or a black bear or a wolf or a giant spider. Um, and they just kind of toddle about after you. Uh, and also, you can find a dog in the first area who whose owner has been kilt. His name is Scratch. He's a nice white, uh, sort of husky-ish looking dog. And if you have the speak to animal spell, you can be like, what's going on, Scratch? And tell him, look, I'm pretty sure your owner's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, not 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 really that. He's like, he's going to wake up and, and you can sort of go like, well, do you know what? If he doesn't wake up, uh, you can follow my scent back to my camp. And Scratch is like, cool, might do that. And then Scratch turns up at your camp and eventually he gives you a ball. And because one of the actions you can do is throw, you can throw most things in your inventory. So if you throw your ball for Scratch around camp, you get an achievement for playing Fetch with Scratch. I tell you what, like doing whimsical bullshit with speak to animals in CRPGs might be one of my favorite tropes <laughs> in playing games yeah. completely. It's fucking great. <laughs> can, you be, um, been... can you be a crab in this one? Can you turn into a crab? Uh, or did I dream that? I... Uh, well, someone in the Discord has said, "Why is Nate's favorite?" It's Gilbert has said, "Why is Nate's favorite bee? What is Nate's favorite bee shape, and why is it crab?" So I assume you can. Uh, Excellent. Maybe because I'm not playing a druid. Um, I think I you can. I don't know if I could summon. No, I could. I can summon a crab. You can summon summon a crab friend. I'm playing a druid in real life. (laughs) Can't turn into a crab yet, though. Uh. So, yeah, Bjorn in the Discord has asked, does the game contain any eye beasting by pet miniature giant space hamsters? Not currently. Um, Pete has asked, is the combat at all fun? Which is a complex question to answer. <laughs> Welcome to the mansion of subjectivity. <laughs> I, I, well, I have not been having a huge amount of fun in the combat, um, although I, I admit I have been woefully underutilizing a lot of the... I guess almost immersive simmy stuff, mm. like being able to, you know, spill oil everywhere with a pig, or indeed throw things. Oh, can you mm. can can you throw magical stuff and make Gale go fetch it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I so the thing is, uh, Graham made this point in the Discord. Is that uh, like he died instantly? by failing a single role in a contextual not in combat oh, I, in like I a hate, contextual I hate that. I hate that. Don't yeah. don't do that. What is like, that? So you could so Baldur's Gate is a Dungeons and Dragons game and it has all the, you know, advantage and and skills and plus two to charisma and it has all, you know, your standard array of, of Hmm. things so if you have plus two to charisma you're good at persuading people you can persuade and imitate and you can use wisdom uh and performance and all these things and in out of combat there will be contextual roles in conversations or just you're out and about finding stuff where you can pass or fail like you find a locked door you can lock pick it that's a pass or fail and it will show you rolling the dice on the screen which Um. is quite i will say quite fun it's designed i think for sort of streaming mostly because it is it's cool the first few times you do it and then after a while you're just like can you just tell me if i (laughs) pass this one or not but you can apply loads of different buffs you can use if you get um inspiration points you can re-roll things like that Hmm. but there are quite often and this is the point with dungeons and dragons as well is that you make the best of a situation. Uh, so if you fail a role, you just try and do something else. Yeah. The thing is, it's not. There are some roles in Baldur's Gate where, like early on, this was what happened to Graham: is that you find like the body of a a mind, or you find a mind flayer who's like dying from the crash, and you can fail a role there that means you just instantly die. <laughs> um. 
And Graham's point was that, like, that doesn't teach you anything really apart from the DM's a prick, so save scum often. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I don't, the thing is, like, with, it's a very good game, but with a, with a computer game, there just isn't the, it doesn't have the ability to react like a human DM does and sort of let you try and fudge it a bit or, like, it doesn't, kind of help you at all and there are points where you just yeah you will just insta die and there's no well yeah because there's all kinds of times as a dm in tabletop where i've been like okay i had this planned but there are you know there are several options out of this that clearly go nowhere so i'm just going to quietly not introduce it to the players um Mm. you know because you have that sort of intuition don't you of of what this party fancies and and what they can handle and yeah you just you you don't put two doors yeah. in their way when there's only one route forward uh yeah and there's there's sometimes where just failing a roll results in like a huge fight against like 20 dwarves or whatever you know oh that's um, cool if that's winnable uh well this is the other thing is that the combat is very hard i think um you do have to really use all the stuff at your disposal. So like pushing people into fire, using uh, stealth. Maybe you can keep like your rogue in stealth so they can slip behind. Like there are some fights where I've only won them because I failed them a couple of times and therefore know what sort of abilities, you know, different enemies have or what they're going to do. They... It's also, there are a couple of fights I've been in where there are genuinely about 20 characters all in the initiative order. And so you have to wait for like two minutes for all of the other characters to like flail about or do what they're doing before you get to move again. Um, so that drags out a little bit. But I would say if you have not played a Larian game before and you've not played Baldur's Gate before, knock it down to the the easy the storytelling mode um because it is not it doesn't make the combat like an absolute breeze through so you'll still feel some kind of achievement there but it will also teach you how all their sorts of games work uh so James, you yeah. said you were coming to this as a newcomer to the franchise. You, yeah. do you, have you played D and D much, or are you a newcomer to the rule set as well? No, like I'm completely new to all of this. Um, so how how intuitive was it? Because obviously, it's you know, it's doing a lot of. I I, I don't know how much they show it. The, the you know the the sort of rules engine behind it shows it's working in the UI, but um, does it all make sense to you? Does it you know? Does it need to explain itself more or, or is it fairly satisfying in the way it sort of sets out its system? Um oh, I mean I don't I don't think it really explains it does feel like it has a lot of hidden stats. Yeah. Um and yeah, so, so sometimes sometimes it's like something will just appear in the text log of the bond of the screen that's you know, a a check has occurred. I I don't know what triggered the check. I don't know where I can. I I have not yet been <laughs> been compelled or instructed to look at a menu that says, you know, what my stat is that affects the success of that check. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the combat, like I, so I I am playing uh as as Alice suggested on the story mode and yeah yeah like uh, I I'm I'm still finding the combat like. I'm still feeling a bit pressured in the combat, which is which is what you want. Um, even though I haven't like actually failed it yet, uh, but e- even so, like mm, I feel like I'm getting through that just because I've played stuff like I don't know XCOM, yeah, um, mm. where especially especially like um, XCOM Chimera Squad, which uses I think more of a similar like initiative order type system. Actually, um, yeah, that's a really good midpoint between the two sort yeah. of models. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so but but uh, but, but that that's me kind of like getting by with just okay, it's my it's my turn now. I'll use a I'll use a 
like a, my highest damaging attack and just kill all the goblins and then that's it. So yeah, I'm not, I remember... really, I'm not really engaging with yeah, I guess some more heavily systemic stuff or yeah. a lot of the yeah, the the more hidden statsy statsy stuff. That's really interesting that you say it's a, a, approachable from um, or sort of intuitive from an XCOM level of experience. Because yeah. I remember like Baldur's Gate 2, I think that was pretty much my first, you know, what you call a CRPG. Um, and I had done some tabletop. And I remember, I, I, I don't know if it's even, if Baldur's Gate 3 would be following the same D&D rule set as Baldur's Gate 2. I, 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 I'm not that uh, knowledgeable. But I remember Baldur's Gate 2 just threw the whole concept of armor class at me and expected me to understand it. And I was okay. just really glad I was a big enough nerd that I'd done it on pen and paper. Because um, that used Thaco and everything like that, which, you know, it, it's not quantum physics, but it's not self-explanatory. And I had to sort of work that out by context and trial and error. Yeah. Um, and yeah, does, 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 have you found this one doing that much where you feel like that you're meant to be getting a cue that you're not getting from, you know, or... or or there's something that you you know you're meant to understand from pen and paper. Uh, it it's it's maybe hard to tell because, like I said, there is so much that it needs to teach you. Um, yeah. And you know, I ultimately I've only been playing properly for like I said, like two and a half hours, and I'm still getting you know tooltips popping up saying, you know, here's how to use stealth, um, and just mm. like very very like fun what you what you think of as being fundamental stuff like that. So it's possible. It's perfectly possible that I will eventually be taught that if I keep playing for another, like I don't know, ten minutes or half an hour or one or, or one or two hours. Um, and the only reason I haven't yet is just because <laughs> there's so much other stuff it wants to <laughs> it wants to teach me first, and I just haven't got that far in the curriculum yet. Um, That's a really I- interesting thing about tutorials. Like, I can't work out whether I like them all in a massive feast right at the beginning. Or like a little tasting menu delivered to me by a supercilious waiter over the course of the entire meal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess for me, the best way of doing it is to deliver it gradually, but only, but through, I guess, like combat encounters that mm. that would that you can pass by only using what you know or are learning at that point. Yes, um, I feel like. Especially like uh, I, I actually didn't finish the fight last night because I was playing on the Steam Deck and it ran out of battery. Um, but I did. I was doing a particularly like drawn out <laughs> fight yesterday, and I feel like I'm not. I didn't, I'm not losing this fight, but I feel like it would be going significantly faster if I knew. I guess what more of my yeah abilities mm. do, and how best oh. to, and how best to utilize them. That is such a good way of teaching you, though, where the the like. The punishment isn't death. It's just very, very slow success. <laughs> I think. I think it. One thing that is good about it is that you can, um, you can get out of doing combat and still get experience. So you can persuade or intimidate someone, or just get someone to walk away from a fight, which is good. Um, but. It does tell you that you can control different characters. I don't think it makes it explicit enough that, for example, if you are if you want to kind of persuade your way out of a fight, you need to lead with like your rogue who has the best charisma and and things like that, because then the role will be done off their stats if they're the one in the conversation. Oh, that that um, actually, uh, not that not this exact scenario, but something like something similar to this did trip me up a bit because, um. Again, like very very early on, there was a bit where I my party like got ambushed by goblins or something, and um, mm. there was a there was a like a speech check um, or some kind of some kind of check that would let me get through mm. it without fighting, but it, it didn't like the camera kept cutting back to like Shadowheart, like not my not my character, one of my mm. companions, and it was yeah, it was kind of like I didn't actually clock that that I was. In that moment, playing as the companion, I thought oh, I yeah. know, it was just some like weird, either bug or artistic choice to focus on a different character during that, during that moment. So yeah, I think they could definitely explain explain that more that you can like have more direct mm. control over your party members. Do you know what I think would be really good is that there is a fight kind of as, almost as soon as you leave the beach against some oh god the little brain 
the intellect devourers. They're like little, they're like if a dog had a brain for a head. And <laughs> nice. Like little creepy, crawly little things. I think it would be good if they had a situation like that where you had a team of four people or whatever, or a few people, and it just, the tooltips were like, as an archer, you know, this character gets, or like, you know, you get advantage if you're attacking from height. So move this character here and attack this guy and like, put, get the barbarian to push this intellect devourer into the flame. You can do this kind of thing. And it, to show you how you can split up your party and move them around. Because also one thing that really helps in a fight is if you know there's a fight coming up, is to unlink your party from moving in a group and then like move your rogue around to the left and yeah. <laughs> put the wizard around to the right and stuff like that. And it doesn't really, I think, kind of beat that into you. Mm. Um, it's a funny either. thing though, isn't it? Because like, I know exactly what you mean. Like having people walk along in a really fucked up formation just so they're in the right places for the fight you know is about to happen. And that's, I think that's very anti-role-playing, frankly. Um, Mm. You know, and if you have to do stuff like that to achieve consistent success against the game, then it should either be honest about that. And as you say, you know, say, yeah, let's be honest you know, you can't walk along in a line like Fellowship of the Ring. You have to have people position, you know, whatever. Or, you know, you will lose several times. So take note of where people are at the start of the fight. Like, yeah. it either needs to own it or make it so you don't need to do that. Yeah. And I would prefer the latter because I've, I've felt that in games several times. And I'm a terrible one for save scumming. And what Graham said earlier, what was reported to have said earlier, was really interesting as well in that the game basically teaches you to save scum. And it's like you're saying there, it teaches you to do these weird sort of precognition things that that really take you out of the immersion. Yeah, well, what you do is you F5, you quicksave, and there is, it's they know people will do, it's built into the game, right? Because there's even in the review notes, it says known issues, and it's like there is some slowdown when there are loads of cloud, you know, saves. uh, When there are loads of saves, basically, but that will be fixed before, you know, the full launch on thursday so they know people are going to have loads of saves from saves coming and what you do is you hit f5 so you get your quick save um you take your first shot at an important conversation or fight see what happens and then f8 quick load to it again yeah uh, only yeah. this time you try it slightly differently or like you you move the barbarian over here or you know um I think you do get better at it as you go and you get better at like, you know, I just did a big fight where the objective wasn't necessarily to, well, you did have to kill everyone, but you had to keep this other character, this NPC alive. So rather than uh, attacking all of the, the enemies, it was better to buff this NPC kind of thing. Um, so there's, you, you learn to use your passive skills and you learn to, you know, I'm going to cast spikes here so the enemy can't move through and that kind of stuff. You get better at it. Funnily enough, uh, Dave the Diver, which I've been playing playing a lot of since we talked, I talked about it last time, um, does a really clever thing um, on this front where, so that's that's a no, uh, no saves game. Um, you know, it's save and quits a title. Um, so... Mm-hmm. It's really nice in that regard because I'm I'm not saves coming, but it loses out on some of the you know just the annoying stress of a roguelike by having a sort of gentleman's agreement with you that if you're in a boss or a critical part of the game and you fail, it will quietly ask if you'd like to redo it. Um, mm. And there's no there's nothing bold about the game that says okay in these situations you'll be able to restart and these you won't. So you have to play cautiously. But sometimes when you think, oh, no, I'm going to have to do a lot of that over again because you've died, it will just quietly let you just, you know, skip back a minute. And I think it's, oh, you know, it's really intuitive. Uh, I'd love to see more games do that. Uh, I'm just looking at the other questions we've got here. Uh, John H says, based on my two biggest gripes with the last Larian game I played, does the game at any point force you to hunt for tiny, barely visible switches on the wall? Yes, <laughs> it doesn't force you, but... Um, <laughs> But there are things like uh, traps where you need to... So the, it does contextual roles. As you're walking around the world, as James said, sometimes it'll just be like failed perception check 
um, and it will be that you didn't see a trap or a lever or a mound of dirt that has a hidden thing in it. So, or like nature check and it'll be like, oh, that type of tree is a weird tree. Usually someone in your party will see it. Someone in your party will, will succeed. One of my favourite moments it, in so. tabletop is when the DM says, uh, oh, can I just all get you to roll for perception? And everyone does. And then the DM just nods and carries on and nothing happens. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. So yeah, uh, you think everything's fine. <laughs> oh, great. We didn't have some fun. <laughs> Um, uh, and number two from John H is there a stupid wizard who sends you off to investigate some place and then once you finally painfully made your way to the place the wizard is already there rendering everything you did meaningless more importantly does this happen multiple times uh, no uh, it's not so far um, and after this point Yarg and uh, John H talked about Elminster who's a wizard in Baldur's Gate and I've met Elminster just last night Elminster is in but I think it was him anyway. How is sure he? Is he all right? Um, he's a legally distinct Gandalf. He's getting on all right. Buenicus, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is it sprawling or focused? Uh, it is sprawling, but like in a kind of focused way, I suppose. <laughs> um, it's mass. The maps are really big. They are really beautiful. There are a lot of them have different levels, so you can stand on a bridge and sort of look out. The Underdark is beautiful. I really oh, like it. Oh, so it's there great. is the Underdark in it. Nice. There is the Underdark. It's got good luminous mushrooms, but it, the map is not full of uh, Billy Bum cloths. You can't, in a sense, you cannot grind because Ooh. you know it doesn't spawn like new boars for you to kill. There are a set number of encounters and you can find them. Um, and it's quite easy to I say easy. It will take a while, but you can feel confident that you have cleared an area, you know, and done all the stuff in it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it is full of little details and things that you can just find. Um, but in, in there is not a lot of busy work. So it is very focused in that sense. And I enjoy that. Uh, is there a lot of retracing your steps? Because that was one thing that annoyed me about Baldur's Gate 2, doing a lot of walking back to do a thing. A bit, yeah, but it has quite good fast travel. Cool. Um, uh, also asks, is it brave? I don't know. Maybe. It's quite good in, like, um, I know I complained about the tutorial not maybe being as focused as I'd like, but there is stuff in it like... Uh, there's an area that is like a cursed, it has a shadow curse. It's like a kind of toxic area. And it doesn't tell you you should hold a torch as you go into it, but there is a chest just outside the area that has a bunch of torches in it, that kind of thing. Um, Was the question, and, is it brave? Yeah. That's such a good question to ask <laughs> in a piece of art. Uh, it's very confident I, in, isn't it? Yeah. in what it is. It's very confident, yeah. 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 So I think it makes choices that I would consider brave in maybe the current context of video games. But uh, I don't know. It does other stuff as well. Where like, it, like There's one encounter you can have in like an, a village that's been taken over by some goblins and you can open a barn and there's just like a, an, like a goblin fucking a bugbear. <laughs> Or something. What? I can't remember what it's not. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Um, I just remember I opened the door and I interrupted these two dudes going at it, and they were like, I think get really angry and then go in a fight with them. <laughs> that is um, brave. It's just stuff like that where it's just very confident, and it, you know, um, it sounds like it's a bit hornier than Baldur's Gate Two. Yes, it's quite. It is quite a horny game. I mean, but, should oh should my we, god, should like, we address? The the bear fucking. <laughs> oh, but a bugbear isn't an actual bear. No, but you can it's... you can you can romance a druid, right? And he. Turns, oh yeah. He turns into a bear. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I didn't know that. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'll look into that. But he's not. He's an NPC that comes with you and just hangs about your camp. He doesn't actually. I don't know. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Round two says, I am a little bit tired right now, and Baldur's Gate 3 seems like a bit much, generally speaking. Uh, is it easy and fun, or should I wait until I'm less tired in a general sense? Um, it's, it is fun. It is fun. It's a lot, I think. Um, 
I would err maybe on wait until you're a bit less tired. I do you know what? Watch some YouTube let's plays of the early access and stuff and just see kind of how intense you feel it is. Because there are times like last night I had to redo the same fight a couple times and it does get a little bit like we go again. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there is that kind of aspect to it. Um so, so maybe maybe it, it would be. But again, like the if you knock it down to the narrative level, I think it does make it a bit of a smoother experience. Actually that's a um, really interesting thought. Like because I'm just thinking through like you know, Pathfinder games and the Divinity. Um, like I, I really like, you know, very involved CRPGs, but none of them are what you would call relaxed or, mm. you know, wind down games. And I'm just wondering if if that's actually possible. Like, could, could you have a, a very chill, low investment, complex CRPG? I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know, though. Yeah, because to me that's almost what defines the subgenre. Um, you know, from turn-based tactics game with role-playing elements. Um, mm. You know, is is just yeah, it being a lot <laughs> <laughs> games that feel like too much, but that's what you want. Uh, and yeah, it is. It is a lot. I've I've got very tense shoulders at the moment. I'll tell you that. Um, they're very rice crispy noises when I roll my shoulders. Um so it is quite quite intense. Uh shall we <laughs> Shall we move on quickly to what we've been playing this week? <laughs> <laughs> More Dave the Diver, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, how, 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 is, how, how how is your sushi restaurant going? It's good. It's good. Um, I think I'm nearing the end of the game now, but I think I'm also nearing the end of my infatuation for it. And like, it will have stuck the landing perfectly if both things run out at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's yeah. it's interesting because um, particularly like the management aspects of the game because I'm pretty good at management games. It has got to the point now where I am gaming the system in some very silly ways. Um, there's a fish farm where sometimes if you collect live fish, you can get their eggs and hatch them in a hatchery and then breed them in your fish farm. Um, and then stuff you breed in your fish farm, you can send to the sushi restaurant. I caught a live megamouth shark, which is um, a really deep sea, big lumbering very extremely rare shark. I think we've only seen 17 in the history of mankind. Uh, wow. I captured a live one, hatched its eggs, then started inbreeding them relentlessly, oh sending them to the sushi <laughs> restaurant en masse, um, just so the tonnage of me um, mega mouth shark meat showing up at this restaurant. And I was just rendering it all down into concentrated flavour basically because the more if you have a certain amount of a fish you can consume it to improve the level of a dish so it's essentially just rendering down thousands of like Habsburg level sharks into their <laughs> essence so i could make a few delicious pieces of mega mouth shark like mega mouth shark glass <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like the dark crystal. Like it's fucking genocide, stuck. Alice. It's terrible. <laughs> it's meant to yeah. be this. You know, last week I was all, oh, it's lovely. I'm swimming around. I petted a whale, and now it's like I've organised the forced reproduction of ten million sharks <laughs> in order to feed one billionaire. I regret nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Games fucking yeah. ruined me. It's really fun. Like you love animals so much, but whenever you get hold of animals in a video game, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Every time. <laughs> it sounds a bit like you're. Okay. It sounds a bit like you're feeling what Alice was feeling last week in that, um, uh, like love management game. Yeah. Um, where, Lakeberg mm. Legacy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it all. It all. starts off sounding like really lovely and wholesome, and then you just end up like purely gaming, like literally gaming the system. Mm. Well, yeah, because when you know, especially when you like 
have written and thought about games for a living, like, and you, you, you know, you just get really, really, or you're always looking for the holes. You're like a chimp looking to pry away bits of fiberglass um, to break out of an enclosure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in order to ruin your own immersion. Like, and that's what I've successfully, you know, like I say, if if Dave the Diver can pull off a narrative conclusion before I've managed to rip all of the fake scenery apart and started <laughs> drilling a hole in the corner of the plexiglass with a stone so I can fling shit at the crowd, then it will have done really well. <laughs> uh, myself and James have just been playing Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, How is it? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Uh, I've I've also been playing uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is out on PC after two years on PS5. Uh, Is that a a melancholy visual novel about the collapse of their relationship? No, uh, it's an excellent uh, action platformer. Um, Even better. I I was saying in the in the hardware piece I, I wrote for the site that. The Ratchet and Clank series is one that's kind of like almost grown up in parallel with to me. So when I played the first mm. one on the PS2, so like 20 years ago, I was a kid and it was kind of a kid's game with a lot of like wacky humor and fun, but very straightforward, just like jumping, jumping in a bit of shooting. Uh, now it's what you might call it's still it's still what you might call family friendly, but the comedy is delivered in a much more understated way and it still has all the mad sci-fi weapons um mm. one of my favorites is like a throwable sprinkler that squirts onto enemies and turns them into topiary sculptures uh but they all feel a bit more specialized with utilities outside of just you point it at an enemy and it makes their hit points go away so yeah. you have to think so i guess you have to think more about how you use them and how best to combine their effects so Rift Apart is kind of like the culmination of, of all of that. It's a very nicely weighted, but still quite fast and very satisfying shooter, and has what I think is easily the best like character writing work of the whole series. Um, oh, I love it. It's so much fun. That's really lovely it- when a franchise like has been going for your entire gaming life without a, a significant yeah, yeah. pause. That's lovely. It, it's a really nice game as well. I played it when it was on um, PlayStation 3, 4. What, Five. The PlayStation 4, that's the one. Five? Five. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's really, I think it. the game knows that about itself because it starts with like you on a parade float celebrating Ratchet and Clank and you go through little floats that are the, the you know, the early levels of like the first few. Get, they represent like, you know, uh, Ratchet's home world and and stuff as yeah. it's flying through his big city. It's really cute. You know, I have good. an infinite amount of indulgence for games celebrating themselves like that. Like, <laughs> I really liked in, um, I think it was the most recent Uncharted, where during the beginning of the game, you're sitting down talking with your fiancé or um, mm. your girlfriend and you're playing on the telly the the original Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Yeah. And you get to play the game in game. And like, I never even played Crash Bandicoot, man, but that made me feel nostalgic. <laughs> that was really uh, good. It served, it, it served no fucking purpose at all. Like to actually being an Uncharted game, but it was, it was really sweet. Well, I yeah. think the, the first bit of Uncharted uh, 3 is, really great like on many levels i'm not gonna go into it now but it does really well anyway um yeah i've been playing Baldur's gate 3 and james you've been trying to play Baldur's gate 3 on the steam deck would you like to tell us about that oh uh, yeah sure a bad new segue. Is, this, <laughs> is, it, is, is can we count this as a good day to wear hard yes i'm wearing a stetson So yeah, um, on 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 PC, on box standard Windows PCs, uh, it's like fine. Um, there's a bit of stuttering, and I wish I wish it used a newer, better version of AMD FSR than 1.0. But otherwise, like it's it's pretty much fine, uh, and will run on almost anything for the past decade. Um, but yeah, I'm a Steam Steam Deck man, it's do, it's doing a number on me. Um, it's 
it's already got a playable rating from Valve, which is the second best Steam Deck compatibility rating they give. Yeah. But I... You'd beg to differ? (laughs) So I... Most of the time when I've been trying to launch it, it would either launch and then immediately crash, or it would just hang before even getting to the launcher in the first place. Um, which hasn't been ideal because I told Catherine on Monday that I'd write something about Borders Gate 3 on the Steam Deck. Um, and I tried a whole bunch of potential fixes. I tried verifying the files. I tried reinstalling. I tried rolling back from the review build to you know, one of the early access builds. Uh, I tried installing it on my second backup Steam Deck, um, and that didn't immediately work either. The solution, it turned out, was to change which version of Proton that Baldur's Gate 3 launches with. So Proton is essentially the software that Valve uses to allow Windows games to run on Steam OS. It's called a it's called yeah. a compatibility layer. Um because SteamOS is based on Linux and obviously you get a standard version of Proton that comes on Steam Deck. But you can also download and install Proton Experimental, which is I guess like a beta or an alpha version that includes compatibility upgrades that's still being tested or might be unstable. Uh, but you can still you can still like download it, and if you go into the settings, you can force like individual games to say, "Oh yeah, I want to launch this with Proton Experimental." Say, um, so I tried that uh, yesterday, last night, and it launched finally. I played for an hour and a half before the battery died, and all was well. Big then, red stamp saying "playable" comes onto screen. Yes, well, but, but then this morning there was a little, just a little one gigabyte update, and it completely killed that fix. And once again, maybe unable to launch it without crashing. But just barely an hour ago, I think probably while we were doing the intro, um, I uh, verified the files again, and it it downloaded another (laughs) like 10 gigabytes that it just, I don't know, forgot about the first time. And yeah, it seems to be once again, uh, once again, booting and launching properly with the aid of Proton Experimental. So, yes, I think uh, play, playable <laughs> might require, indeed, uh, a dice roll. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that, that's, a, that's another, I guess, Electronic Wallet Show top tip. If you're struggling to get uh, Baldur's Gate 3 running on your Steam Deck, then try Proton Experimental. Do you feel okay. like the, the Steam Deck compatibility is a wait a couple of weeks problem or something more fundamental? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like they, if, if, it's, if there's a one specific cause of it, um, they could, like, in theory, patch it, you know, tomorrow. Um, or, you know, by, by the time you're listening to this, it, it could have been patched. Um, it, it could all be fine. Um, uh, Making all of this a chilling what-if tale. Yeah, I mean, ev- evidently, like, I don't, I don't want to say like it's just me, but evidently there are already a lot of people who have been playing the early access on Steam Deck, yeah, because um, th- they need to for it to have got a, a playable rating. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just a, uh, it's, it's it's just one of those technical things. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's just the nature. It's <laughs> just the nature of PC <laughs> gaming. <laughs> Well, there you go. Thank yeah. you for a good day to wear hard. <laughs> Hang on, wait. We need a cowboy metaphor. We need a cowboy metaphor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Imagine, imagine your games are tins of beans and Linux slash SteamOS um, is a cowboy who lost both his hands in a dynamite accident. Yes. Uh, oh, he sure. now, okay, tragically, yeah. cannot use spoons or forks without help. Proton is like when he hires someone, I don't know, maybe Nikola Tesla, <laughs> to design <laughs> to design and manufacture a spoon-holding prosthesis yes! that, that attaches to his forearms and allows him to eat those beans, despite the fact that he doesn't have native support for bean-eating. Yes! <laughs> native support. <laughs> so, so Proton is Nikola, Te- Nikola Tesla. I think in uh, I think Proton is a prosthesis technically. Okay. Val, Val, Valve is Nikola Tesla. So what's the situation with Baldur's Gate three? Uh, so 
Baldur's Gate three. What what's up with that tin of beans? I I was struggling. I was struggling to even so much as open the beans. Um, until because I it's got, got a tin with the wrong I got Nicol- rim indent. Until I got Nicola's um, yeah tin opening attachment for the the spoon holding prosthesis. <laughs> and despite spilling the beans earlier this morning, uh, I've now <laughs> I've, I've I think I can now. <laughs> I think I can now proceed to eat the beans. That is one of my favourite ones yet. That's good. That's Hall of Fame. Alrighty, we've got no uh, Tower of Jocularity this week, so that all that remains now is to do some recommendations because every week we, re- we recommend something that is not a video game. Nate, it sounds like you have a recommendation already. Yeah, empanadas, baby. Um, we have ordered a load of because emp- we did it before. Uh, we've ordered a load of empanadas from a site called caminito.co.uk, which is C-A-M-I-N-I-T-O. Obviously, this only applies if you're in the UK. Um, they do really very good uh, empanadas, full of all sorts of savoury and sweet fillings. Um, they're not the cheapest in the world, um, but, you know, they send a big old box to you um, with fa- fairly good discounts. Uh, so, like, what we, we've got some friends around tonight, uh, and so, yeah, we've just got a load of empanadas, and they do other, like, little pastry things and, like, uh, what do you call them, churros um, for Ooh, desserts as well. So, yeah, it's just really, really easy. Um as a, as a as a dinner party option or something like that or yeah um we we've got a uh, there's a cheese and ham empanada uh which so it sounds a bit um fender's crispy pancakes but let me tell you it's um some favorite of the gang <laughs> cheese and that that's like what they put on a menu for the brits that go on yeah. holiday <laughs> but oh they also do really good um chimichurro as well the, um, Ooh, is that like Argentinian? Ginger. It is Argentinian, isn't it? Empanadas are Argentinian, yeah. I think. I don't know. Um, they're don't certainly know. very popular in Argentina. Well, there you go. And Love so it. I'm sure would caminito.co.uk be. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Nate. That's a lovely food recommendation. Um, I am going to recommend this week... Oh, what was I going to recommend? I had a good one. This is what a turn, how the turntables have turned. It's normally, <laughs> I've stolen your uh, ideas. What <laughs> mind flared you? What's near me on the desk? No, oh, I know what I'm going to recommend. Um, uh, Lego flowers. I'm into Lego um, and I've got a lot of the botanicals range. They are often on offer and they're very nice. They're really nice. They have spring flowers and they have summer flowers and they have. Uh, one that's quite, say, quite cheap, Lego cheap, is a <laughs> set of um, succulents that look like a little thing of cacti that you can put on your desk. They're really nice, and they don't die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I thought you meant the um, the little foliage pieces, because um, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite into Lego myself, um, and I really like building things and then covering them with like. Vines and palm leaves and stuff oh, to make yeah. them look ruined. So those Lego flowers are good as well, actually. Well, there you go. Uh, I've got the orchid as well. The orchid's very nice. Um, Whoa. And, yeah, so it's like having plants, but they live forever. <laughs> How do they um, do an orchid? I've got to see that. Um, I'll send you a picture. It's yeah. Good. Yeah, there you go. They use, they use um, molds for stuff they already have so i've just got a bunch of flowers that i'm making now and the buds on one of the flowers are little pirate hats but they're pink and purple (laughs) (laughs) great uh james what are you recommending uh i'm gonna be real basic this week and uh recommend oppenheimer um lovely someone had to yeah um i always had it ruined for me actually because um well on on the on the it's a bomb on the Jeez. On, no no not not like plot spoiled but on the on the London Underground on the way to the cinema some youngsters were talking about it and one said how she got up and left because by that point the bomb had already gone off and it was taking too long to end 
Um, so I kind of, I kind of went into it and be like, oh god, is this like gonna, is this gonna drag? And um, but no, fortunately that ended up being bullshit because yes, while <laughs> while three hours probably is longer than any film needs to be, or the least interesting stuff is actually very early in the film where your ability to maintain your attention is still like quite sharp and active uh and then it just gets okay. more and more uh well harrowing and kind of infuriating <laughs> but in a really compelling way okay um so yeah ignore that one girl i saw on the train uh go see offenheimer <laughs> i'm really you- excited to see it have you seen that that like TikTok video that's a guy being like, Bobby Oppenheimer, is that you? <laughs> Get on over here, you string bean. Uh, you're making a what? Does your mama know about this? Emery Oppenheimer, ten year hot. It's very good. I'll link it in the notes. That was a Please good do. voice Please. as well. Link it to me in Slack, like immediately after immediately after this yeah. recording. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a big old plate of grits. It's very good. All right. Um, Thanks very much, listener, for listening to this season two, episode twenty-five of the Electronic Wireless Show. This was our Baldur's Gate extravaganza. Uh, I am reviewing Baldur's Gate. I will not have the review up as you listen to this because it's a really long game. Um, and I've only played 30 hours of what promises to be at least 100 so far because we the code came out quite late. So in the meantime, we have got a sort of making of article by Jeremy Peel. It's on the site now. We're going to have loads of little bits um, about what we think and what we're finding as we play the game. The guides team are working full pelt on it as well. And as you heard, James is trying to make it work on all sorts of hardware and running in circles in the dirt. So there will be plenty of Baldur's Gate content for you on rockpapershotgun.com. And thank you so much for sending in your questions via the Discord. The link to that is in the show notes. You can also email us with questions, suggestions and feedback to podcast.rockpapershotgun.com. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter or X, I guess now, and TikTok by searching Rock Paper Shotgun. But for all of your PC gaming needs, go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. And until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from the Hamster Barbarian. My eyes! Oh, God. And it's goodbye from James Archer. Goodbye. Bye.